Coming up on our very first public safety podcast, we find out more about our emergency communications center and how police and fire rescue work with them on various situations. Welcome to the inaugural City of Murfreesboro Public Safety Podcast, a podcast focusing on everything police, fire, and emergency communications related. I'm your host, Public Information Officer Larry Flowers. Today, we will be discussing how these public safety departments all work together. Joining me now is Emergency Communication Director Seth Russell. Shan Womack, she's an assistant fire marshal with the Murfreesboro Fire Rescue Department Community Risk and Reduction Division of the Fire Marshal's Office. And last but certainly not least, Sergeant Amy Denton. She's the communications, uh, community relations, I should say, coordinator for the Murfreesboro Police Department. Hi, Larry. Thank you to one of you for joining us Thank this you. morning. We all know that public safety is a team effort. Um, Different first responders working together for one common goal, and that's the safety of our residents. At the center of it all is our emergency communications center, or what's known the most as a dispatch center. First, let's jump right into it. What is the mission of these three different entities, and how do they work toward the uh, safety of our residents? Seth, why don't we begin with you? Absolutely. Murfreesboro Emergency Communications Center is dedicated to serving the community by answering emergency and non-emergency phone calls and answering uh, call for services. They are the critical link to help the citizen for the call for help and the hub of emergency services. And we're responsible for coordinating all the police, fire, and medical responses within the city. With the emphasis on teamwork, we aid the emergency service providers in protecting, protecting life and property and also watch for their own safety too on the, in the field. Shit. Um, the mission statement for the fire department is to deliver the highest quality of service with a great regard for public safety. Members are dedicated to consistently providing progressive fire protection, special operations, advanced medical life support, community risk reduction, professional development opportunities, and strategic partnerships. And Amy? The Murfreesboro Police Department is committed to the protection of life and the prevention of crime and disorder. With an emphasis on community policing, we build partnerships and seek proactive approaches and innovative solutions to address crime and other safety issues in our community, which adversely affect our daily lives. Through prompt, efficient, and courteous service, we strive towards our ultimate goal of creating a better quality of life for our citizens, our visitors, and ourselves. Yeah, that's a lot of information. Good thing that we don't have to remember those by heart, but uh, I really appreciate you guys explaining that, and that's still one common goal, you know, the safety of our residents. We really appreciate that. Now, we often hear that telecommunicators, whether they're called uh, call takers, dispatchers, or telecommunication specialists, uh, they're often referred to as first responders, the first first responders. Seth, what exactly does that mean? We, we definitely look at them and see them as first first responders with the city of Murfreesboro and all around the nation. So they're the, they're the ones serving behind uh, the scene in the communication center, ready to take that call for help. And whether it's emergency or not emergency and whether um, they are not on the scene physically, virtually or over the phone, that call for help. They're, they're the first on the scene through that telephone call. Um, assisting the citizen, whether it's for um, their safety, their own safety instruction, instructions, or figuring out um, 
what the uh, emergency is, what resources are needed, and being there with the caller as the first responders are dispatched and arrive on scene. And even during, um, sometimes in the case, they stay on the phone call during that scene if, if needed. So they are seen as the first first responders because they are the first um, public safety servant to um, support that citizen in need. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that, that calm voice, so to yes. speak, to try Absolutely. to keep the people on the other uh, line as calm as possible, but gather as much yep. information as possible. Absolutely. Sure, sure. And uh, Amy, why don't we turn to you? How important is it to get as much information as possible before a police officer ever arrives on the scene? Right. It's um, it's imperative. Our officers need to know what they're walking into, what they're driving up to, um, you know, whether it's weapons involved, if someone's intoxicated, if they're having a mental health crisis. Um, it's helpful to know if we've been there before, um, you know, if this is a, a repeat situation at, at a home or even at a business. Um, it's it's good for us to know, you know, all the information, maybe who the people are, who who the the individuals are that are involved. You know, are they are they a convicted felon, and is their firearms there? Um, all those things for officer safety. Um, you know, how to get there if there's a road blocked by a, a crash um, that's not related to our situation. We need to reroute to get to the situation that we're going to. Sure. And uh, Shan, uh, the fire department pretty much responds to everything police do. Police yes, respond to everything that the fire department does. So uh, how important is it for firefighters uh, as they're a route to the scene to get as much information as possible? Oh, it plays a vital role. Um, in route, all the questions that those dispatchers are asking the callers, they, they relay that to us. And we can paint a mental picture of that whole scene before before our arrival. So we know what to prepare for as we get there, as far as um, it's a, if it's a fire scene, that captain can go ahead and assign assignments to those firefighters on the way. They're going to let them know about firefighter safety, if there's oxygen tanks possibly in the home or just any other type of fire hazards. They're going to know that before arrival. A lot of times they'll let them know because that caller may know um, all occupants are out of the home. May, there, there's possibly still occupants in the home. So that helps us prepare a little bit as well. Um, they also let us know the closest hydrants, like if we're responding to a fire. So that's not even a, a thought that has to be added to the captain's role. Those dispatchers are letting them know where the closest hydrants are at. Um, just just things like that. It plays a vital role. Sure. And Seth, how do dispatchers and call takers get that particular information? There, there's many resources, but two things I want to highlight is obviously, like you were saying, uh, we were talking about before, and, and Shan and Amy talked about, is that caller. And and, and even on complex um, incidents such as a structure fire or a multiple vehicle accident, we actually have multiple callers coming into that center. So you're talking uh, multiple 911 dispatchers handling those callers individually and piecing that puzzle together with that, what did that scene look like? Um, as they're as we are dispatching and as as um, uh, first responders are getting in route. So, with the Pacific on the caller, we have um, um, structured key questions that, that identify help us identify what the situation is and classify that incident or what the emergency resources are need. So we are um, gathering gathering that information from the caller or callers in a very structured um, guided format. So the questions we're asking there is it's, um, very intentional, and there's a reason why we're asking those questions, to get some specific information that we need um, on, for the safety of the caller and also the safety of first responders and to make sure we get the right resources out there, whether it's police, fire, or medical. 
Um, and follow that is um, we provide post-dispatch instructions and safety instructions to the caller uh, for medical uh, CPR instructions, some other medical um, pre-rival instructions. So not only the safety of the caller, but also the safety of the patient if it is a, a second party or third party caller. Um, and we are dealing with um, some of the first party callers, um, second party par callers, and third party callers, which means kind of their proximity to what that incident is. Um, and we have to tailor that, that line of questioning and that ga information gathering based on how, how close they are to the incident, how involved they are or not involved. Um, the other key um, resource we have is a handful of technology tools. When it comes to location, um, we get certain uh, location information through the 901 system, but we also have um, a third-party application that provides more um, GPS data from the cell phones. Uh, we also use uh, maps and uh, Greenway maps and other resources to help really get narrow down that location because that is ultimately the most important thing um, we need to get um, related to the uh, first responders. Um, there's also resources um, uh, through other other means that we'll, I think we'll talk about later on the show. And sure, I think uh, both uh, Shan and Sergeant didn't kind of touched on it, but is there any other source of information uh, that you know you get from for a call for service um, besides the caller themselves? Absolutely, like we we just talked about the caller and maybe um, some location uh, technology tools with that. Um, we work with alarm monitoring. Um, um, centers uh, that um, send us digitally information based on those calls. Uh, we do um, um, input, um, you know, hazard uh, information on certain addresses. So maybe a good example on the fire uh, side is if if there's a citizen that's um, that has oxygen at the house, that would be something that we could um, uh, put in our system to give that the the fire response a, um, a heads notice on that. Um, and that's if there's any uh, question about maybe a hazard address, whether that example or maybe um, a person with special needs or medical information, right. limited medical information that you want your first responders to be aware of, you can reach out to the the, the police department admin side, your officer or the firefighters um, de fire um, department, and and look at um, submitting that information. That will eventually get to us, and we'll put that in our uh, on our system. Sure, and, and when dispatch is on the call with call takers. They just want to get help there as soon as possible. But um, are resources already heading to a location while that call taker is on the phone with dispatch? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we are definitely what with a um, more of a horizontal center. So we have multiple people working that that incident. So like I said, if, if it's a motor vehicle accident, we probably have a few different callers, whether a first party, second party, third party. Um, so there's two or three different call takers potentially working that incident that in that gathering the information from that those callers um, on simultaneously and, and current uh, currently with that uh, with the fire dispatcher that is um, dispatching those um, those resources and also the, the police dispatcher um, and there's we have um, policies and procedures and, and guides. So when we get the, the minimum information needed for that dispatch, that is being dispatched as we are still gathering more information on the phone with those callers. So um, if you were to call 901 um, and we're still asking a few different questions, that's, um, that's not delaying the response. The response is um, generally sent out within um, a minute, minute and a half, 
uh, on most cases. So again, that's all based on once we get that minimum location information, some key officer um, safety or um, a, a basic understanding what is neat, what's going on in the incident, um, we're sending those responders away uh, or uh, dispatching. Uh, we're also looking at um, call history uh, on, on certain addresses. Um, if it is a criminal matter, we're looking at prior criminal um, histories on, on um, potentially people involved. So we are gathering um, multiple uh, information from multiple resources with multiple people working that incident. So once on the scene, uh, what type of communication role uh, is there between police, Amy in your case, and dispatch, and of course Shan in your case, with firefighters or fire captain uh, with dispatch? We'll begin with you, Amy. Like Seth mentioned, um, on a car crash, um, it's not uncommon, especially if there's injuries involved, you're going to get police and firefighters on scene. Um, so once we get on scene, we need to let the, the dispatchers know, is the road blocked or is there still travel lanes available um, if we need more if we need more officers for traffic control, um, if we get there and we see that there's a large fluid spill, we'll let dispatch know to let the fire department know to bring some extra equipment to deal with that. Um, if we get there and we see that the, the people in the cars, we can't get them out without the car being cut, we'll let them know to, to tell the fire department to bring that equipment also. Um, and it could be, you know, that we need, we need tow trucks called. Uh, we need the street department to come and sweep up afterwards, or we need the street department to, or the sign department to come and put up new stop signs that get knocked down, or to call the electric company for a new utility pole, or the gas company because something got hit. Um, so they are our um, link to all the help we need once we get there initially. And then once as we're working the crash, um, our officers have mobile data terminals in their cars to run people's driver's license and run the vehicle tags but sometimes it's chaotic on scene or those pieces of electronics are not working correctly at the, at the time. So we can have dispatch run the people's driver's license and the tag numbers because our role on a crash is to investigate the crash. What happened, who's responsible, um, that kind of thing. And eventually to get the road open back up. Um, our, it's a totally separate, different role than the firefighters have when they get there, but I'll let Shan explain all that. Um, but dispatch is the, the, the center of all of that action that's going on. Sure, and, and Shan, what type of communication role um, does the fire department play with dispatch when you arrive on the scene? Yes, after arrival on scene, just like Amy said, there's still a huge part of that. Um, when we arrive on scene, sometimes we need additional uh, resources. Um, if it's a major fire, we may need we may need more fire trucks there. We need need more equipment there, and they play a huge role in that. Um, they also conduct our power checks, uh, which is a person personnel accountability report. Um, they conduct those every every ten minutes to they communicate with our command on scene um, for that duration as that's needed. Sometimes we also need on scene we need utilities, um, different utilities for electric cut and electricity and um, we need Red Cross sometimes on our fire scene, so they do all that communication for us, and that just kind of helps our role um, majorly because they do all that for us. Um, they 
sometimes too, I think it's very important that they're listening to the whole, if it's a major fire scene, they're, they're not there. You know, it's very chaotic sometimes on a fire scene and we all have different roles to do where dispatch is, they're listening to every single communication that we have. So there may be something that they catch that we miss, um, like a mayday sometimes. You know, hopefully we would never miss that on the scene, but that dispatcher's listening for that. And if, if he or she hears that mayday and, and we overlook that or don't, just don't hear that um, because of something else we're doing, they're going to stop all radio traffic until that situation is taken care of. So it's very important that they just listen to the whole thing and maybe catch something that we don't on a fire scene. You know, dispatchers, they, they want to account for every person that they Absolutely. sent to a scene. Mm-hmm. Just talk a little bit about that, you know, uh, checking on the yes. personnel that's on the scene. That's yes, important. so the PAR checks, and that's what uh-huh. that's what he's talking about that we mentioned. Um, in a fire, if we make entry into a, uh, to a structure, um, dispatch automatically starts a, a PAR check, which is an accountability system. Um, they will tell command, hey, it's been 10 minutes, um, so let's do another PAR check. At that time, command will reach out to everyone on the scene. Those captains in charge of that, that group, that crew, um, they will make sure everybody's there everybody's accounted for we're not missing anybody nobody's somewhere they're not supposed to be everybody's accounted for they will say like uh ladder ladder one has par so that means everybody's accounted for and then they will communicate that back to to dispatch par you know par is good so they'll start that timer over again in another 10 minutes the same thing um once the fire gets out and the scene settles down a little bit the command will cancel that par so sure yeah it's very important sure uh, telecommunicators, they, of course, sound pretty important. Um, is there any type of special recognition that our telecommunicators, you know, get each year? Do Is there something, you know, like that going on to there recognize is, like, these is, hardworking the, men and women? The great timing of this podcast. Actually, next week uh, is a National Public Safety Telecommunicator Week, and that's nationwide where uh, jurisdictions recognize those that serve in the Emergency Communications Center 901 centers around the nation. So um, we, we um, uh, the department and the city does an excellent job trying to recognize them throughout the year. But this the next week is um, the national recognition for that. So by all means, if you know a 901 operator, be, for, be sure to th- uh, reach out to thank them for what they do. Uh, they are um, the hub of um, um, public safety. Um, uh, as Shannon, um, Amy were we're talking that so whether it's a complex incident or a a, a, a non-complex uh, more of a smaller response uh, we're involved in um, both of them and actually all of them at the same time so if there's a structure fire going on we're also handling the medical call across town and maybe a, another um, uh, lower priority uh, police call uh, across town so um, we are um, handling and, and coordinating all those responses whether they're concurrently or um, overlapping so um, absolutely and also um, we are just now launching a new um, technology um, tool for us to provide feedback to our uh, 901 telecommunicators um, and that just went live this week um, so essentially that is we are um, we, we're putting in place a, a system so on certain 901 calls not the sensitive ones in nature but the the, the more non-sensitive ones um, um, on, on, on those handful of uh, 911 calls or non-emergency calls, the citizens will receive a, a quick text message feedback mechanism. So essentially, you know, how is your experience with your 911 call? Take a rate one through five. 
um, or and then providing additional uh, feedback um, you would like to provide to your 911 call taker. So it's really um, a really great way to um, uh, stream some of that positive feedback that we know that's out there uh, for our emergency communications personnel. Um, so that and also gives us good um, um, citizen satisfaction uh, feedback on our center and what the service we, we are providing. So if you all do, um, if any of the citizens that uh, happen to call our center this coming week and they receive a, a feedback text, I highly encourage them to uh, fill out that uh, feedback and provide some positive uh, feedback to our 901 communicators. And that's called QIT? Uh, the, the system is QIT. Okay. Yes. And, and I guess in the sense of that, you know, these dispatchers, they, they take a lot of calls, a lot of emotional yeah. calls, yeah. you know, life-saving calls. Yeah. So I understand that the feedback will be on a monitor right in the dispatch center for them to look up. And that may be some positive reinforcement for them to see up. Yeah. that, hey, I, I, I just satisfied a call yeah. uh, in these people's critical time. Just talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. And, and the, their goal is that positive reinforcement as a 901 telecommunicators. They're handling all those um, those non-emergency, 901 uh, phone calls for help and assistance coming in the center. And when they, when the, they get done with one, they go on to the, the next. So uh, the fire and um, police response might still be on that previous call, but they're immediately going on to the next. So it could be a, a critical life-saving call followed by a, um, uh, like a noise complaint or something um, less life-threatening. So, and it's really back to back to back. So, um, and, and providing this positive feedback um, to our, our personnel. And the, the surveys don't come out until, they don't get sent out to the citizens until um, a few hours after. So it's not during the incident, right. it's after it's, it's um, um, completed. Um, or or um, closed out. So, um, but yeah. So that um, that is um, very beneficial and for morale and providing that positive feedback to our personnel directly from the citizens that they serve because they generally um, nine out of ten times they don't get to know what the situation resolved was or the the uh, what was the outcome of it because we're moving on the next 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 call next. Um, assistance needed so and and the the police and fire department do a great job with reaching back out to the 911 communicators and following up on some of the key critical uh, incidents for kind of what the outcome was but majority of the outcomes um, the 911 communicators don't get that that feedback on a routine basis and uh, this is sort of a, a partnership and and i know some of these dispatchers amy you may you have to identify yourself with the match number but even if you didn't they know your voice. They know these officers' voice. They know these firefighters' voice. Just talk about them being able to, you know, work so closely with uh, each department that they can re recognize who's calling in on the radio you know, um, with their voice. It brings them on a traffic stop years ago um, that I had. I'd called in the traffic stop, um, done, you know, given them all the information that, that I was supposed to give, and I didn't come back on the radio in the time that the dispatcher expected me to. So she did a status check and I didn't hear her because the driver was being a little loud. Mm -hmm. um, so when I did not answer her, she immediately sent another officer my way to come back me up. And then she continued to call me. And when I did answer her, um, she told me like she sent more units. And she told me later that there was just something in the tone of my voice that didn't sound right. To her so they they learn the officers and they learn the firefighters and they they can pick up on those unspoken cues 
Um, and they do the same thing with callers. They can tell, they can hear the stress in someone's voice. Um, you know, we hear of stories where people call 911 and order a pizza or something <laughs> when they can't freely speak. Our dispatchers are able to discern um, somebody playing on the phone a lot of times with something's going on and we need to send somebody to check it out. So that's a, it's almost a superhuman skill that they seem to develop. Is there a similar situation when oh, it comes to absolutely. the fire departments? And absolutely. Dispatchers? I was just in the dispatch last week and um, the lady I spoke with, she was like, it's nice to put a name uh, with a voice or a, a face, face with, with a voice. voice. And right. that's what I told them. Like, I, I feel like I know what every one of you look like just by your voice because sometimes we don't uh, see them very often. Um, and just kind of the same thing, like Amy said. Um, I think that relationship, you know, we're working together, whether we're seeing each other every day or not, we're seeing them. And one of the dispatchers even said, she said, you know, we know what shift it is because of the voices that are on the radio. Wow. So that's pretty amazing that they have got it down to a T for that. And and I'll say a little opposite, like sh they can read our voices, but I think we can actually read their mm -hmm. voices as well. Because um, we used to kind of say uh, when they would dispatch us to a fire, we would know if it's a real a real fire or if we'd know if it was maybe a false alarm because of the tones of their voices. And we, we knew um, something major was happening. Wow. And, and Seth, if you can jump in on that as well, just talk about that relationship between, uh, you know, police and fire and knowing them by simply hearing their voice and knowing if something is wrong or something is out of the ordinary. I'll give all the credit to our 911 communicators. They do the, they're the heroes. They've, um, they do the job uh, day in, day out. Um, I'm a, more the, the um, overarching manager oversight uh, for in recognizing the heroes that we have in the communication center. But uh, we put a lot of emphasis on our training program um, and, um, and, and quality of service and really um, um, providing the, the training and the continuing education for that. So it, it takes a, quite a long time to um, start in the, as a 911 communicator and um, go through the training program and build those skills um, and the, the skills um, that come over time. So you, you, you talk to anyone that um, has uh, done uh, the job as a 911 communicator um, and they get through the training program, but it, it's still there. Um, our personnel are still learning on a daily basis and, and um, 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 professionally developing themselves and, and developing uh, those work relationships with the, the police and fire on the on the scene. Um, and as we've talked about today, it's not just about answering that initial call. It's throughout the incident life cycle. Um, there was a call um, a couple weeks ago that it was a it was a domestic call, and um, the 911 commuter actually it was a language barrier, and they actually were on the phone with a translator, um, and the decision made was she uh, they actually stayed on the phone with the translator and kind of conferenced that officer in there uh, for that translation. That really de-escalated de that that situation. It was a 26 minute 911 call. Oh. Um, but um, a kind of a great example how it, it translates throughout the incident. Um, and that's just, the, I think, the, the, the quality of people and the dedication we have working in our, 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 our 911 center. And it takes a special person yes. to work that job. They have to have a servant's yeah. heart, just like police and fire. Uh, just talk about those, the, uh, the type of people you attract. It, um, we, we attract um, someone that wants to serve in public safety, that... Um, um, wants uh, maybe maybe they have a tie to the community whether it's uh, locally or they just moved here with family 
uh, or they have some sort of service background with uh, police, fire, you know, former military, um, you know, prior medical experience. It's very, um, a very much a technology centric mm -hmm. uh, position now with computers and using your computers, computer tools. So we've we've had gamers apply to us. Uh, we have had former Best Buy employees. Um, so it, it's definitely a, a mix. Um, uh, recently, we're seeing a lot of interest moving this Tennessee area. So we're getting a lot of uh, um, experienced applicants uh, or candidates wanting to come work with us, given um, the growth of the city and the the emphasis we put on um, uh, the training program. And, and 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 I think recognition is a big part of it. Now we're you know as we're talking about 91 Telecommunicator Week, and um, a department and I, uh, for you know this one in the city um, recognizing 91 Telecommunicators as first first responders uh, and part of the public safety, whether that's uh, through the pay plan or through recognition or that that little stuff that does on a daily basis that uh, that we treat them uh, the same as we do the police and fire. Really appreciate each one of you for joining us today. Uh, we've been discussing everything public safety, police, uh, fire, as well as emergency communications. Uh, this public safety podcast originates from the Murfreesboro Police Department headquarters. Thank you for listening via Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music Audible. You can also watch this public safety podcast on YouTube. The public safety uh, podcast is produced by Michael Nevels. For more information on public safety and the fast-growing city of Murfreesboro, visit www.murfreesborotn.gov. Until next time, I'm Larry Flowers. You have a great day and enjoy the rest of your week.